Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the WWE Night of Champions preview. I'm Michael Hamford from What Culture, and I'm joined by Michael Sidrick from What Culture to discuss everything that could happen on Saturday's Night of Champions premium live event. But first, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure to subscribe to What Culture on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only preview and review shows such as Night of Champions, but also Monday Night Raw, Friday Night Smackdown, the show formerly known as NXT 2.0, AW Dynamite, AW Rampage, pay-per-views, premium live events, we also hold wrestling interviews, have a roundtable discussion, follow up, not this week, this, it doesn't matter, follow up, bloody good quiz on rest culture, all that sort of stuff. But we are here, Sidgwick, my yeah. intro fell apart there because the heat is starting to get to me slightly in this hotel room. Because we are still here in Las Vegas for Double or Nothing Weekend. But, as we know, it is not just an AEW weekend. There's the small matter of SmackDown Night of Champions. The biggest show of the weekend, NXT Battleground, to be covered in depth next week. But here we are with the latest WWE Saudi show off the top. I think it's always worth doing, as we try to with the coverage, finding the balance between not just ignoring the ethical ramifications and the consequences of all of this. Look... It's sports washing, it's dodgy, it's dicey. It's, it's ugly. A, it's ugly, it's not on. We, at this point, I think not just we, I think as a collective media, don't know how to cover this without talking about both. Like, so just doing it off the top feels like the only way to cover it. We're not just sitting down, previewing a pay-per-view card, and being like, tune in to the wrestling show because it kicks ass, because the card looks pretty good. Yeah. But that's the point, isn't it? Yeah, they've taken a very insidious route, route, Nice. Uh, with these goddamn Saudi shows where they're very cynical and clever. Not creative, can't tell stories, not a good promotion. But, again, they started wacky and certain people were limited and weren't allowed to appear on the show. Insidiously, over time, you just get big, huge matches that aren't glorified, like Triple H and John Cena. Mm-hmm. You get canonical, big Matches, title changes. They're launching world titles here. Yeah. Um, there's no. All, there's no other show this month. This yeah. is not a bonus show. This is this. This month. is the month's thing. So it's how they get you. It's how they've done it. And I said it before. I'll say it one more time right now. The big controversy stemming from Crown Jewel 2022 was Braun Strowman having a pop at Flippy Guy wrestlers, yeah. and people were like, "How dare you say that?" I think priorities would be missed here. Mm-hmm. So I just think it's, you know, it's always worthwhile reiterating that these shows are ugly, they are bittersweet, and my God, do they try and cloak that feeling and suppress it with these phenomenal production values. Mm-hmm. 
and then you realise why do they look so good and expensive? Oh, why? The, oh, because they're getting the money for this really sinister reason. So it's an experience for me personally. They're always bittersweet, and um, again, though, you just can't muster up the genuinely justified outrage when. There's just so much awful other stuff happening all of the goddamn time. I saw through, I want to say Brandon Thurston, and if it wasn't him in the version I saw, he's definitely reported this. Um, you just let the figure sit with you. 21.9 million for WrestleMania 39 weekend, an all time gate, but then it's like not unusual for WrestleMania to pull that kind of crazy yeah. number. 100 million for one of these shows. Yeah. Like that, that's. Or 50, isn't it? Is it 50? I'd, but Either like, way, it's. Let doubles. the figures sit with you it and like. Yeah, doubles it's, the all time WrestleMania gates. Yeah. Um, and to that end, I suppose. So just like kind of compartmentalizing that and like looking at the card. Switching gears. Switching gears here in the worst way. Um, it's a triple main event. Um, which is a lie because it's a double one, really. But we'll like we'll play it in the WWE's hands with it. It's a triple main event. We're going to come to what I believe will headline the show at the end of this podcast. So we'll start with uh, Cody Rhodes versus Brock Lesnar. It's been my opinion, and I don't know if this is shared by the masses. To be honest, I'm struggling to judge consensus on this program at large. But people forgave the running away of backlash because they enjoyed the match and fine, hot crowd, hot match. But I have to say, on television, in spite of this being quite wrote Brock Lesnar material and just Cody being Cody, I think the performances have been pretty strong. This Triple H Cody business went down quite well on Raw. Like, they're just doing Brock Lesnar segments, but they're super hot in the building. You believe Cody? Yeah. Brock looks like he's got menace again. This backlash to Night of Champions run has been way better than I expected when backlash went off the air, personally. Yeah. Um, It's just the same cliché Brock Lesnar stuff for me. Mm. I'm quite over it. Um, it's weird, but I can't put my finger on what I'm not feeling because Lesnar looks motivated. Yeah, he doesn't want to work a program with just anyone. You can tell he respects Cody. Um, Cody's like taking a pounding. He's committing to these sell jobs, and it's just a Lesnar program, and it's with the same tropes, the same story beats. They are working the Hell in a Cell match, and there's nothing wrong with that because that was supremely successful. But can a worked broken arm be as effective as the bruising on that titty? Like, wrestling injuries are funny. Like, they, when you see wrestlers gutting through things, that's quite amazing. But then if you stop and think about it, you see wrestlers gutting through every match because that's what happens. You work a yeah, body yeah, part. Yeah. That bruised titty was something, like, if you push a bruise on your leg, it hurts. So when half your body is bruised, that was different gravy for yeah, a wrestling injury, was different gravy. That was different gravy. For me, it feels like... WWE in the business of they're in the business of procrastination hmm. and I think AEW is very guilty of that as well I'm not being um, biased here I'm trying to be um, you know accurate and fair like Keith Lee versus Swerve Strickland what is that if nothing other than an exercise in procrastination like why hasn't it happened yet hmm. it's so bizarre and it just feels like between the banana skin of the flailing suplex bump but I'm just going to take that turnbuckle pad by accident yeah. and Lesnar's going to bleed and I'm going to roll him up with yes a legitimate wrestling technique but then the running away did bother me a bit and then you get the work broken arm which will realistically mean Lesnar wins and that's their get out they are in my opinion anyway concocting through a checklist of like imagine a bit of A4 paper, some square little boxes, some descriptions, and the title of the document is, How Do We Prolong This Story? Um, 
sort of inconclusive. Lesnar was... He stole one. Mm-hmm. Stole one. Kayfabe injury to excuse the baby face to lose. And it's all how to arrive at a rubber match. And yeah. this just screams, not the last chapter. And it feels transparent and cynical to me that they're padding out the story, that it, they're padding it out with tropes to protect. And it doesn't feel like epic, big-time, definitive, all-or-nothing drama. Having said that, in isolation, if you're going to do that, Lesnar will look like he's going to rip it off. Cody will sell it magnificently. Mm-hmm. It'll be a good version of the road transparent procrastination that is in effect the WWE content model these days. It's as a trilogy as you Yeah, are you sure of that? I was gonna say, you got Brock to win this, have you? I've got Brock to win this. That, like, Brock's not doing a job to someone who's got a broken arm and storylines. You're gonna panic a lot of people about how on earth um Cody can be free to A win money in the bank and then B cash in on Roman at SummerSlam. Yeah, you can win if, the Rumble next year. If okay. we need Another Brock match at one of those big shows, which yeah. that's a big match for one of those big shows, yeah. I suppose, isn't it? The, the payoff. He'll, he'll just win the Rumble. Yeah, I don't think he's winning this. Like, he's, I'm, just, I'm, I'm representing Adam Wilborn here about like why? The, because there's a listenership that agrees. So, like yeah, you, okay, you okay. see it, don't you? You see. Yeah, I, I, I don't there. think so, but like, I'll be staggered. Yeah. I genuinely astonished if Brock Lesnar does a job with his opponent having a broken arm. Yeah. If he was, if he, if you somehow convinced him to lose two on the trot. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what that finish looks like, but it doesn't look very good. You're not saying, all right, we're really trying to build Cody Brock. Um, it's not about you anymore. And to really put him over, he's going to beat you with a broken arm. I just cannot imagine Brock Lesnar, one of the most savvy political operators in wrestling history, agreeing to that, particularly when he's just turned heel. Again. Yeah. So right. he's, he might do the job. And again, for the rubber match, I'm worried about what that looks like. Because mm. they just can never commit to beating the dude. Yeah. Um, it just, yeah, narrative cowardice, procrastination, tropes, it just doesn't feel necessarily, despite some really good performances on both sides of the ring, that they are just telling this story of Cody's the absolute one. Mm-hmm. Here, Here's the proof. It yeah. doesn't feel like that to me, it just feels like content. Well, speaking of content. Good content, but yeah. content nonetheless. Speaking of content and narrative cowardice, the most cowardly decision WWE made in like 20, 30 years was not putting the belt on Cody yes. at WrestleMania. And had they done that, there would have been an awesome storyline reason for Cody wanting to show respect to the Universal title and giving it up to the winners of the tournament. That doesn't happen, so instead we've got that weird new toy belt, and that's going to be the second part of the Triple Main event, Seth Rollins versus AJ Styles. I don't hate what this match could be, but I have slightly tempered my expectations because this feels like one of them that was always more of a photoshopped WrestleMania graphic than an actual dream match, and the result just doesn't feel in doubt to me. It doesn't, but do you not think that Seth Rollins needs to face more adversity? <laughs> like, it's not the rule. Maybe at the moment the adversity is facing is out there in Hollywood. I'm AJ Goddamn Styles, and I want to stay WWE champion for the WWE. I'm That's facing- not because I won't get cased. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it's one of those where it's AJ whose run has been so uneven for me. Mm. You can never guarantee. If you, uh, I'm not saying AJ isn't a great. He is. I think he peaked before going into WWE. If you're a great, you should have that unconditional um, sense that, oh, that's going to be a great match. AJ for me. He's a great. He's like, there's exceptions. There's always exceptions. His flaw is three, which is incredible. But his ceiling is typically only four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like, 
that's a weird thing to get excited about, isn't it? Yeah. Like he's no, got. They're in there. They're in those matches. Are in there still? Oh, that, that are like yeah. his match against uh, da- Daniel uh, Bryan at TLC 2019 mm-hmm. was unbelievable. And on that, one of the other really great AJ matches that he's had in WWE, and he's had so many threes. It's really it always. I, I always look at AJ Styles. And this is weird as a three star wrestler in WWE. <laughs> And not in New Japan, not in TNA, but I always think it averages out at three. He's had far too many just, that was good. Mm. Like the edge. He can't be rubbish, can he? Like, he can he be can, boring. He can be boring. Boring, though. yeah. Edge, Orton, like, Ricochet, Nakamura, three, mm-hmm. three, three, three. There's Preston from work, like, a four and a half with Seth Rollins, and that happened at Money in the Bank 2019, I think Kicked it was. Ass, Kicked ass. So good. It was so good. Had a lot to live up to, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, they were really sort of, they went out there motivated as mm-hmm. all hell, and that match was great. If they can replicate that magic, fantastic, we're in for a treat here. What I loved about that match, and what I loved about the great AJ matches in WWE, is that he puts a lot of thought into them. One of my favourite bits that he does is, like, if you give him a centimetre of space, mm-hmm. he can find a way to punish you. One of his great moves is that suplex into the uh, turnbuckle, yeah. where you think... You're making him retreat into the turnbuckle. You've got him cornered, but he's so good he can find that centimetre of space and punish you. Mm. And it just makes him like a master strategist. So if they can work that AJ Styles match where it just feels like he's genuinely wrestling and fighting and being a master of this form, and he thinks about how to get moves out of nowhere because it's as if he's studied and he knows every part of that ring. That AJ's great, but equally you get a three-star special here. Um, it's Seth Rollins' title. It's an appeasement trophy. Uh, I'm not saying that it will always be that way, but that's what it feels like. But the thing with Saudi Arabia, uh, Arabia and these shows and the production values is that they could, through the ridiculous expense of these shows was some kind of championship ceremony or display like the, the celebration with the pyro everywhere yeah. mm-hmm. where they could physically frame where that belt looks like on some kind of bespoke pillar the fans will come up around the finishes the false finishes yeah, yeah. a world title has been decided the fans will come up I that. honestly think they could do it would be inexcusable if they don't make a massive production out of this because they've got such a glorious chance through the platform of $50 million mm. to create this, they could fake how prestigious this looks, yeah. even if it doesn't feel that way, and then one thing could inform the other. But no, Seth Rollins to win. Did he, AJ was basically burying the existence of this title. Yeah. I can't remember the press outlet, I apologise. Um, I think a heel turn's coming for a rematch. Yeah. Like, I think he turns out of frustration of not winning it because the whole, eh, it's, it's alright, I don't want the belt, is like an intentional neck for the build of what's yeah. coming next. Yeah. In terms of titles that actually mean something, um, Gunther's Intercontinental title match against Mustafa Ali, there are suggestions online that like something's happening with Mustafa Ali. That the positive, the uh, positive, how many times have I been here with this? Yeah, but, I'm, I'm, it's not a rhetorical question. These dozens, yeah, loads. These are not these are not my takes, but they're will bonds. No, no, they're not even will bonds. But the twitters um, for the first time in a long time. Brock Lesnar and Ali were in each other's orbit and you know what happens when that happens. People yeah, do side-by-sides, yeah. people remember. Member berries, all that kind of crap. But it was pretty brutal. 
Like, get a life, mate. Like, yeah. that's you're just cutting down your intercourse. It's the we talked about this on the SmackDown preview, which you can get to wherever you listen to your podcasts about Triple H's need to bury and then rebuild. But Ali's had this burial sixty times and just forget to rebuild him. He's going to lose to Gunther at this like Saudi Arabian PLE in a match that, like, calling it a sleeper hit is an insult to the wrestlers. Yeah, should bang in places. The result is not in doubt in the slightest. But the positive Ali character looked like it was being abandoned in real time when Brock did that. It's like, how can I be positive when everybody thinks I stink? Yeah. Like, is the, is this defeat going to be the rock bottom adversity that Ali needs? And is he going to get revenge on Brock Lesnar down the road? No. No, it's just a match, this. You think this is, like, all of it's on an island? It's just or? so odd. Yeah. So odd. Rid- Riddle's the match, isn't it? Riddle, yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. The... Foreshadowed that one. I, this, this one with Ali is so odd. Like, the best version of this match... Looks great. Mm. Ali, great baby face, um, great stylistic mesh with Gunther. But they're telling a story of some deluded idiot <laughs> who's in over his head and is he's a deluded man, the character, who thinks that if he just thinks positive Ali, he could be a good... But he's just a goober. He's obnoxious. Yeah. He's like he's not an undersized baby face you have to get behind, otherwise he'll get monstered. Stop. The booking is so odd. Yeah, I do not like it. I think they've not good broken because <laughs> they've just ruined a pretty basic but potentially effective B level defense. Mm. This nonsense character. Yeah, Gunther to retain. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I don't think the match will be that good either. Ah, that's interesting. Well, that's... if he decides to be a dick, there's one story that could tell here. Ali could be an arsehole. Mm-hmm. Obnoxious, in over his head, deluded guy, um, and then get killed, and then gradually mid match evolve and just start really putting the effort in, and then have this really cool sort of doomed baby face gives everything. Mm-hmm. The scope for an interesting story here is just whether they tell it and whether fans, after so many false starts, can actually get behind the character. Yeah, and there is, especially in Saudi Arabia. I think the shadow of Brock Lesnar and Rick Shaling's over this one a little yeah, bit. That yeah. kind of like, why not me? Here's why ten seconds later. Yeah, it's yeah. not you. Yeah. Um, I don't know where to go with this one. Uh, there's certainly no segue to it. It's a rematch from WrestleMania. Um, Bianca Belair versus Asuka for the Raw Women's title featuring women that wrestle on SmackDown. Asuka's turn heel. She put chili in the mist. Like, so the dynamic so the dynamic is different now because you've got a straight up baby face and straight up heel. But kind of like they pulled that kick-ass match out of the like ashes of a pretty terrible TV program at WrestleMania, and it almost didn't need the heel and baby face. So you should, in theory, have a lot of faith in this one. Yeah. This is like this has got a better story. Asuka's lost. She's pissed off. So it's time to just be cruel and nasty. I'm joking about like I'm being flippant about the miss, but the reality of that is like right time to get time to get mean. Yeah. And yeah. I haven't done that before, and I didn't like I should have been meaner before WrestleMania and not ruined my WrestleMania match. I won't blow it here. She will, I think. Yeah. But I don't know why I'm finding this better dynamic to potentially be a diminished return. Ah, uh, yeah. Don't it's a stadium, a... though, so... It's Bianca Belair, yeah. I've got... It's, again, you, you look at the attire, and the thing is, with the spectacle, yeah. you can't... Like, you look at fireworks, and you just think, Jesus Christ. If I wasn't, like, incinerating yesterday... We went to the Palagio Fountains. We had a big walk on the Strip. Yeah. We're here in Las Vegas. Fountains and, they ruled, didn't they? Yeah, and we were watching the Palagio Fountain display, and it was incredible. 
and uh... hey i'm ryan reynolds recently i asked mint mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when i asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about you insane hollywood ass So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be Big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. I just vividly recall going, it's too hot. It feels like I'm being stung by the sun, not bathed in it, like stung. And even with that burn on my face, I was like, well, look at that. Hmm. There's pyro underwater, it yeah. sounds like. How is this in Vegas? This is great, and I'm burning. So spectacle can make you forget mm-hmm. a lot of things, is what my point is here. So when you see the ridiculous drones and lavish set, insane pyro, you'll just be it reduced to a child and you'll forget mm. you'll want to forget but mm-hmm. you'll forget about the horrible trappings of these shows when I watch a women's match in Saudi Arabia and I see the attire the custom attire that they are told to wear I find it's so distracting to me yeah they could work yeah, a better or even better match than they had at Wrestlemania which is really frantic Furiously worked, loads of really cool over delivery over delivery mm. like loads of cool submission transitions from like power setup spots um, but the difference is that this could be tighter because it wasn't the tightest but it didn't matter because the emotion was there the reaction was there the atmosphere was there a better tighter version of that Wrestlemania match is the difference for me is that incredibly brave and unbelievably talented contortionist doing the entrance mm. that, it's one of the nicest things yeah. WWE has ever done that Bianca Belair entrance to go from that to you have to wear a full bodysuit, that's the difference for me. Mm-hmm. That's fair. That's uh, one of that is all fair. This is one of three women's matches on a Saudi Arabia show, Tony. 
Yeah, I know, I know. God Optic damn it, man. Optic God damn it. So bad. Um, and we'll go quick on this next one because I think it should be quick. I would love Rhea Ripley to monster Natalia in 10 seconds here. And it's not to be cruel to Natalia particularly, um, but narratively that's pretty good, isn't it? Like Rhea Ripley, like Natalia is not in Ripley's league at this point. And no shit, this is not about work, work rate or anything like that. This is just simply, look at where these characters live yeah, no. on television. Rhea Ripley isn't just the leader of the flipping judgment day because we can't do the beat, so I can't do the bit. Yes. But she's becoming one of WWE's top stars. Yeah, this traje- she's already there. If she's not already there. This, traje- there. this trajectory is like top guy stuff. And Natalia is like the the jobber challenger of all challenges. It's, I, again, I hate for this to scan as cruel, but like, just look at where these are in the pecking order and book to it. This, that's fun. Like, Riptide. That's not fun. But like Riptide dead. Like, I can't believe you even stepped to me. Yeah. Like, they, I thought they nailed. You know, like Zelina Vega, like, really good hometown booking, but Rhea Ripley comprehensively beat her because it made sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, you got seven minutes and it was nice, but it was never like, she's going to get it done. And I like that about, like, you, you've got to, like, your agent in has got to protect the integrity of the story you're trying to tell with Rhea Ripley. And dominance is then undermined by eight competitive back and forth minutes with somebody who she's this point yeah. surpassed, you know? I don't think it's going to be good. Mm. That's the thing, I think there's no way of this being good. Natalia is solid. Yeah. I can't get excited by solid, especially when I've seen solid for well over a decade at this point, I mm-hmm. think. So the thing with this dynamic is that it just doesn't work. It's boring, it's predictable. You have got gatekeeper versus someone who passed that gate like ages ago. Yeah. So she doesn't need a gatekeeper for any kind of weird, fake, worked credibility so the match makes no sense for these characters to have and then you go into the actual wrestling element of it and who's great it's that natalia is a gatekeeper of if you beat me it means something you probably won't well you probably will but it'll mean something mm. she's not even there anymore yeah. got no credibility being like, like being there forever and i always feel guilty to a degree right of burying the likes or criticizing or burying i'm not burying their character i'm not being cruel about it Critiquing someone like a Natalia or a Dolph Ziggler, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily their fault if they keep getting these contract extension offers and mm-hmm. are liked internally and entrusted to do a job. But wrestling fandom is inherently cruel in that it never ends. 52 weeks a year, so at a minimum, 104 shows per promotion. Times th- Multiply that by what? Between the two of them, like thirty odd years. Yeah. Who cares? I kinda okay. and the worst thing is is like if you do all of that math and then you do some weird equation and formula with how many bumps they must have taken, mm-hmm. like the more you bump, the more I'm bored by it. The more that you sacrifice your body for my entertainment, the more I'm just bored senseless. Yeah. So I always feel a bit of guilt when like these WWE post ruthless aggression era life generation get put in these matches because it's like I'm such a dick and you can tell why they're like I'm, I'm hurt every day trying to do this for you and it's like well you know I wouldn't turn down that money either well I think that's it like Dolph Ziggler and Natalia are perfect examples of like the purpose they serve is often not one we see which is like reps for people on house shows that are on the come yeah. up right but then WWE rationalise well if you're going to believe that house show match which exists as a rep for somebody else once every two and a half years, we've got to put them in one brief title program. Yeah. Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre, Natalia versus Rhea. I actually don't hate the logic, 
but as a fan, it's impossible to invest. Yes, it's like it's it's that system that makes hundred percent sense to them. But that's AEW a, does. yeah, like, neither Rose Lance Archer like that sort of. That's thing. a pro wrestling thing, but it's yeah. very hard for us to be able to suspend any disbelief. And this is why, like with Archer, I, it did get a bit boring, but it gets me every time. They haven't done it that often. And he's not wrestling and bumping the same matches every week, you know? Mm-hmm. There's a way to do it. And I do think um, rotating cast, I can get bored of that in AEW as well, trust me. But I do think it's very effective in terms of this sort of dynamic and this sort of... You have to procrastinate a bit in wrestling. I'm under no mm-hmm. illusions. This is... WWE finds the most boring way, though, every <laughs> single time. Um, sticking sort of with Rhea Ripley, because presumably the outcome of this match might factor into her summer. Um Becky Lynch versus Trish Stratus. Oh this, yeah, I'm really interested in your thoughts on this because I already know some of them. And I, like, I, this is massive on paper, way bigger than it's been in execution. But it's if you WWE love their own mythology as a ways of like promoting big matches. Yeah, right? they're on cack all day long, all day, and it's it's always like very sort of situational or subjective whether or not you want to do that too but Trish Stratus the woman credited with being the only one to kind of consistently break through on a credible level in the darkest timeline for the and I think some of that's overstated because she did come out of that Molly Holly jazz Victoria quiet golden era she was learning from the best yeah. and like almost was like elevated by the WWE machine to the next level um, like along with Lita I suppose in the same kind of vein and then Becky Lynch, who did that version of that with the Women's Revolution era to main event WrestleMania and become a bona fide top star. Absolutely bigger than Roman Reigns or Seth Rollins or Kofi Kingston in 2019. Like the undisputed number one top top star and draw. This this is what they say it is. That versus that. That's the poster, that's the fight, that's the whole deal. It's Bang average it is. stuff, isn't it? It is, it is, it is. And my, one of them, one of them is surely Ray Ripley's summer opponent. Yeah, you know, because Trish might be sticking around and whatnot. My least favorite take in all of wrestling, and I have quite a few of them, is when people say no one hates wrestling more than wrestling fans. First of all, no one else gives a toss about wrestling yeah. <laughs> other than wrestling fans, one way or the other. So it makes no sense as a sentence you can construct. Secondly, and this is a great example of it, like. Yes, you'll get sh- posters online who like bury your faves, even though your faves are great because that's just how they like to live. And it's pathetic, in my opinion, but it's what they do. Yeah. Does that count when I'm critical of the Undertaker? No. Oh, thank God. Because the Undertaker sucks. Thank God. Right, that's all right. <laughs> People have been so generous to all of this uh-huh. because they have really nice memories of Trish Stratus and they like her a lot and they are willing to forgive her flaws. If you have no particular nostalgia for WWE, and you watch this version of Trish Stratus, again, there's no credibility of this. It all hinges on the idea that this revolutionary, uber-respected veteran is kind of pissed off that other people are supplanting her in these sort of... uh, They don't need Trish Stratus' women's title run anymore. Once upon a time, that was all they had. Exactly. Her and, like, Michelle McCool. Yeah. None of that's needed now. And the character, Trish Stratus, has taken offence to this and is going to reclaim a throne. Mm. Coming out of retirement, like the Washington Wizards, Michael Jordan thing. Mm -hmm. Get it as a narrative device. It's quite sporting. It has no credibility to me because Trish Stratus' in-ring output just is not there. It's like... It's not... So she was doing the... She's working as good as... This would work if the... 
if she was able to do a 2002 Sean run or something like that. Maybe that's a little bit harsh because he was a bit younger. So I'm trying to think of a good example of someone just really coming back into the main event out of nowhere. Maybe CM Punk. Punker, like, not quite on the same prestige as main events, but, like, Sting's figured out what his work is. Yeah, Like, yeah. in various different... Yeah. Like, I'm not just talking AEW, I'm thinking, like, TNA, TNA. as well. He figured himself out yeah. as a as an aging, like, veteran. Uh, I'm not being... Again, like, she was... That Lita main event, I always feel like I should say something nice. Maybe it's because I've been hanging around Miller too long. In Las Vegas, that's a joke. He's <laughs> that's, been... that's impossible. You can't hang around with Miller too long. Best. He's the best. He's such a good You want to be a better man when you hang around with Simon Miller, true. don't you? This yeah. is true. All that being said, as much as I would like to be more like Simon Miller, this Trish Stratus work, it's not even as good as Ricky Steamboat at WrestleMania 25. <laughs> it just isn't like... It's not some massive... If she does suffer Japanese arm drag tomorrow, we know that she's... Yeah, listening. yeah. I'm not trying to be a dick. I'm just calling it like I see it. Mm-hmm. And I hate people who be that kind of guy. Yeah. But Michael just... Sidgwick. Love him or leave him? Michael Sidgwick. Tell him it like it is. <laughs> I hate that kind of like... Coming. Coming to podcasts. Yeah, Wherever yeah. you get him. I hate that kind of... That's cold. Like I see it. <laughs> I can't be bored. I can't be bored on this shit. I can't be bored. I... Right, look, let's just, let's just shoot on society. I hate people. Like, I'm not capable of much hatred, but I really hate the trait of Putin saying, well, I just, like, say it how I say it. It's like, spear to spear. Yeah, like, like it a lump. It's like, that's not actually being a good person. Yeah, no, no. Compromise is, a, like, a good value system. Like, I've, thinking, changing, developing. Like, those yeah. are good traits. Yes. Like, well, that's just how I am. Like, like it a lump. It. I'll do neither. Yeah. Change. Be better. Yeah. Like, and I have empathy, but ultimately this just isn't working for me at all. And they are, again... I would say this is probably a noble failure. Becky Lynch to win for the Rhea Ripley Summer Series. It's a big match, that, isn't it? Yes. Mm. Yes. Ola could just do some kind of heel finish. It is the Fed after all. Uh-huh. Do another one. Yeah. Oh, I knew you win. Yeah, I knew you win. Uh, are we good? We're good. Right. Uh, I'll say this to last because I genuinely believe the headliner. And uh, am I sat here in Las Vegas ahead of double or nothing and saying this is the best book match of the weekend I might be I think this match is absolutely brilliant I think this is brilliant it's, it's good like maybe not Anarchy in the Arena actually maybe Anarchy in the Arena has got it, got it licked and Team Jarrett and versus FTR but, Jarrett go cool but that's yeah alright it's really great for doing this is a biggie like it's Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn defending the tag titles against the Bloodline you know it all now but the sort of the elevator pitch is that after this Zayn and Owens have finished with the Bloodline forever so it's do they take their tag belts forward with Roman eating a pretty sizable L because he's alongside Solo Sokoa, or does Roman Reigns get his like, hands on yet another title as WWE figure out a new way to present the tyrannical head of the table post Cody Rhodes? It's really high stakes, and yet again, WWE have, to their credit in my opinion, like elevated. Triple H is like, doing a half-decent job with this tag division. This is going to be the second tag team title main event of a PLE this year that actually deserves the spot. Good stuff. It's good stuff. This right. It's really, really strong stuff. And again, as we touched on, on the SmackDown preview, and mm. don't necessarily buy Roman's fear of Solo Sokoa, but God damn it, it's great that they're booking this. Yeah. Looking ahead, trying so hard. It's, it's getting a finish, this, isn't it? Yeah. It's committed stuff. Well, it's getting a finish in one way that I think builds to the future, and they should be building to the future. God knows, since I've been covering wrestling, I've been like hammering this home. Um, I think the match will be strong. I think there'll be quite a lot of heat for it. Um, I think it's so unpredictable because Sammy and Kevin 
Then they weren't launched as like a tag team. Mm. It was they were put together to tell a different story outside of this division. So maybe this division doesn't doesn't necessarily need them. Uh-huh. So there's always I can always buy the prospect of well you've done the good bit. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you can just go your separate ways or something. So I can, I'll always buy a title switch. So I think that's a benefit um, of the booking here. Um, and again, the ramifications of Roman and Solo winning is great because then Roman can be even more of a cock to the Usos. And eventually, and this is how I want it to go at long last, Jay Uso develops a backbone, realizes yeah. what's happening to him, breaks out as a babyface and beats Roman because the way he just passively looks at the floor, like scared of his dad. Uh, it's not the kind of thing I like in a wrestler. The um, I'm going to dedicate this to the best team of all time. The Wild Samoans was really that great was so from Roman, wasn't great. it? So good. So great. Yeah. Because so they dedicated their match to Roman and they lost. Yeah. So it's like, you want to do dedications, you losers. And yeah. I've had to listen or read things to the effect of Jay Uso is going to be the one. It's yeah. like, I just don't think, if you think about this machine and how they market and how they think of like merchant design ideas like months in advance and all the promotional t- materials are built around who's going to be the big star on the house shows. I don't think that machine's ever really been put behind Jey Uso. Mm. I don't think in 2020 there was a memo sent to all the merch departments, all the people who sought out the, the faces on the trucks, like the marketing teams. Jey Uso's going to be the guy. It's going to take two or three years, but just put in motion yeah. all of this that we do. Mm-hmm. Can't see it, but this is a good vehicle to get there, even if I'm being too cynical. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can see Roman and Solo winning just to just you're not even the best tag team in the bloodline yeah you think you're the best tag team in WWE history you are not even the best tag team in the bloodline that would be a great emotional trigger for Jey Uso to go oh fuck this yeah. yes we are yeah. let's have a fight then uh-huh. and that would be a really really good match and that was what was kind of promised to us all mm-hmm. at Wrestlemania for Triple H was an arsehole <laughs> And you if, a, so have you got a finish for this? I do have a finish for this because yeah. that would be one way you can take the story. And as he said, the magic really of this booking is that there's so many different directions in which this can go. So I think stemming from the events of last week's SmackDown where Roman inadvertently got in Solo's way and realised, oh, I should not have done that mm-hmm. because I'm showing a little bit of fear. This is the man who, I might have made a monster here. Yeah. I might have Triple H Batista this. That's another really strong component of the storyline, which, frankly, is doing a lot better than a lot of bad faith people on Twitter suggest. Mm-hmm. Like they've taken this into a more interesting direction. I think the finish here is that a paranoid Roman, afraid of the monster that he has potentially built and bumped into and was a little bit frightened of, is going to do something deliberate accidentally on purpose to make solo mess up ah. so we can use that as pretext to say is that can anyone in this family than me do anything and try and reduce them further before they eventually get agency mm. with the idea being that oh my god i don't want to work this guy yeah and if i can just reduce them to nothing mm-hmm. before this monster really becomes something which i don't want how can i do this but at the same time i kind of want the usos to be on that level as well like he's just he's going to lash out and do something here I think that's the finish what so Roman and Solo win lose Roman and Solo lose and Roman has kind of wanted to bring Solo down a peg or two and he's willing to sacrifice the tag titles to do that yeah ah. doesn't do much for the tag titles to be fair yeah but that's WWE but then that's down to Owens and Zayn to make this look like a hard fought win yeah, and yeah. move forward and move on yeah like they've done their sort of bloodline business that kind of thing well like you know, I don't think 
or Roman could simply win. Because he's Roman Reigns. Because he's Roman Reigns. Yeah. Well, it was really funny when he eyeballed the new world title on SmackDown, wasn't it? That was incredible part of just stopping and having a quick look. Cause, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. What's like, that? I mean, I might get it. In yeah, yeah, yeah. If I fancy it. Yeah. Really good, really good. Well, yeah, that's... Uh, that's one of the numerous finishes possible for this uh, main event. If you've got any sort of fantasy booking suggestions or you've got any sort of other opinions on this show, Night of Champions, the Bloodline, etc., etc., you can let us know in the replies to the tweet below on this podcast if I remember to send it or indeed just tweet us anyway at WhatCultureWDB where you can also get Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. You can find me at Michael Hamflit. You can follow along on Twitter, on YouTube and on WhatCulture.com for all of our... Vegas weekend content, our WWE Night of Champions, our NXT Battleground. It's a huge weekend for pro wrestling. It's a great time to be a wrestling fan. It's an even better time to be a what culture one because we've got content coming out the ass. Out the ass. Out the ass. So, yes, thank you for listening to that kind of nonsense. As always, we couldn't do any of this without you. And until next time, we will see you soon. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.